Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Hi, and welcome to episode 252 of Martha Runs the World. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I always appreciate you being here with me on my little show. (laughs) All right. My last race, the Golden Gate Half Marathon, that's what I'm going to talk about in the first part of the show. And then we're going to talk a little bit about winter weather. There's two different conditions in winter weather that I'm going to talk about. If it's freezing cold, like in the snow, or if it's raining. Okay, in the rain, it could be freezing cold as well. It's usually not as cold in the rain as snow, obviously. So I'll talk about both conditions after I talk about my race. I learned a valuable lesson, if not a painful one, during my race over the weekend over that Sunday of my Golden Gate half. And that's part of the reason why I'm going to talk about it, or that's part of my talk. A few days ago, I ran the San Francisco Golden Gate half marathon. I didn't plan to take it that seriously. This was more scheduled as a fun run for myself. I thought, oh, it's a half. It's not a big deal. I'm going to have fun doing it. So I headed out. On that very dark morning, it was the first Sunday after we got out of daylight savings time. So it was cold. It was dark. It was cold, a little cold. It was like, what, I don't know, 55, 56 degrees, so not really cold. And it was my first road race since 2019, way before my hip surgery. So I hadn't really run roads a lot. I didn't have a lot of experience since hip surgery. Now, a lot has happened since then, and I never thought about the difference in my body, in my whole, in my life. I've aged four years since then, and my body has changed a lot since my surgery, and I never took that into consideration. And it really made a huge difference in the race. I really thought I was like the same that I was before surgery, before I had hip problems. And I wasn't. And I should have taken that into consideration and really taken this race more seriously. Back in my days of running, before I had hip problems, I could just run a half without training and not a big deal. I might not do that great, but I could do it and it wasn't a problem. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. (laughs) I really can't. I didn't even think about that during my training. I went about my training and I... I did train, I did a couple long runs, but I didn't do nearly enough. I really didn't, and I should have taken it more seriously. I should have put more effort into my training. I shouldn't have thought of it as a fun run. Really, 5Ks are fun runs. Half marathons are really not. Not for me anymore. I wasn't as prepared nearly as much as I should have been. So let me tell you road runners this. I don't care what ultras runners think. I don't care what trail runners think. Road races are hard, really hard, be it a half or a marathon. They're freaking hard. <laughs> they really are hard. In many ways, they're a lot harder because 
Most roadrunners run the entire race, be it on a hill or a flat surface or downhill. You're running almost the whole way. It's not like ultras where we hike uphill. Roadrunners actually run up those hills. That's right. They run. <laughs> I'm just amazed at how great roadrunners really are. They're beasts. You roadrunners are beasts. I, I don't care. You you Road races are hard, really hard. I think in some ways, even if they're shorter, they're harder than trail races. It's amazing how difficult that race was for me. I had a really hard time. One of the highlights of the race for me, before I get into the intricacies of the race itself, is that my Facebook friend, Andres, and now my real-life friend, and I, we had decided to do this race months ago. I think it was like six months ago, we decided, he said, I want to do this race. I want to visit California. So I said, okay, I'll do this race too. So we just decided, we signed up, and he came out, and he flew all the way out from Florida, and he's also on a quest to visit all the national parks in the country. So he did this race, and then he went out and visited a bunch of national parks in California. So that was pretty cool. So I got to meet him the night before the race on that Saturday, and that was really, really fun. He's just a really cool person. He just, he's so fun, and he's a really good runner, too. He ran the, he ran the half really fast, <laughs> unlike me. <laughs> that was the highlight of the weekend, I think, for me. And the people in the race who ran, who ran and walked the race, because I walked part of it, were just really cool, cool people. Another thing that was really cool is the race itself and the race organization itself. This is a really well-run and organized race. If you want a challenging race, because it's a very challenging road race, if you want a challenging race, run very organized with great people. This is a really cool race. They do a, a spectacular job. With the expo, they have a very small expo at sports, at sports Basement in the Presidio. They had that on Saturday and Friday, I, I suppose, too. And they had that going and the course markings and the aid stations, the little hydration stations and everything. And they had people all along the course. It was just really well done. And there must have been at least 26, 27,000 runners and walkers participating. And yes, you can walk. If you can walk 18-minute miles, you can participate. You just have to walk fast. But it's a really good race. It's very challenging. There are lots of hills, and you get to go over the Golden Gate Bridge. It was really, really a good race as far as that goes. Like I said, it's very challenging. And I think one of the problems that I did, the a rookie mistake, is that I started too fast and for the first three miles, I ran, and it felt really good. And I just went out a little bit too fast, and I ran three miles. And I said, okay, this is cool. And then we hit our first hill, and then, of course, I had to walk up it. And I said, oh, okay, I've got to walk up this hill. And then for like a mile, it was uphill, so I walked up there. And then we hit the bridge. And, of course, the bridge, once you get on the Golden Gate Bridge, it's very, very noisy. And the Golden Gate Bridge is about two miles. So 
across. So the first mile you go up and then the second mile you go down and then you go in this race you have this little turnaround where you go under the bridge and it's downhill and then really steep uphill and then again you go uphill a mile and downhill a mile. And the first part of the bridge, okay I'm walking up and then I ran down that mile and then there's this really cool part on the other side, on the Marin side of the bridge, that there's a trail portion. <laughs> it was really fun. It was my, it was the best part of the race was this downhill section and a trail. And I just bolted down that downhill. Everyone else is like, oh my gosh, this is so steep and it's not paved. Yes, it's not paved. I loved it. It was like, so I'm running down, passing everybody. And then there's a very, very steep portion back up and then onto the bridge. And the first part uh, onto the bridge, like I said, you go a mile up and then you go down a mile. And after I did that mile up, that was like after about the eighth mile, I started getting cramps in my ankle. And that's when I started, the wheels came off my race. And... I knew I hadn't done enough strength training. I knew that I had kind of cheated myself in the strength training. And I knew I hadn't done enough running. I hadn't done enough hills. And for the last five miles of my race, my ankle cramping was off and on. So I could run a little bit until it started to bug me and then I had to walk. So off and on, the whole five miles left of the race, I just slowed down. And it was just hard. It was so hard. And I knew it wasn't electrolytes because I was chewing electrolyte tabs and getting lots and lots of electrolytes. In this book that I will be reviewing in a blog, it said that if you're getting muscle cramps, it's not from usually from electrolytes. It's usually from you're over-extenuating your muscles. And that makes more sense because I don't think I was doing enough in training anyway. So I think that really was the problem. And so it was painful and long and rough. And I just, I, but, I, but I knew I was going to finish because I've had harder races. <laughs> My 50K in Mount Shasta was harder. Trust me. There, I don't think I've ever had a race that was that hard where I had my hip arthritis pain. And I'll put a link to my 50K race at Mount Shasta where I cried the whole half, last half of the race. It was so painful. So I've never had a race that was that painful before. And if I can finish that, I can finish anything. Unless it's like an injury that I just get, like if I, if I had twisted my ankle or something like that, of course I wouldn't have finished it. But this... Yeah, it's a cramp. I can deal with cramps. <laughs> I'm not a basketball player. I can deal with cramps. <laughs> All right. There was one point when I was sitting on, on a bench rubbing my ankle and one very kind, very thoughtful woman asked if I was okay and she, if she could get someone. And I said, no, no, please don't. I want to finish the race. I don't want to be pulled. So I did finish. It was hard was really hard and painful, but I did finish. And here's the thing. I wasn't even the, in the last 100 finishers to finish. I finished in like the last 200 finishers, but I wasn't even in the last 100 people to finish. Like I said, it's a great race if you like challenging road races, especially if you're a faster runner. It's really good for you. 
And you can't go wrong. It's well done. It's well organized. It's a great, great race. Here's just a few notes. Life has a lot of steep uphills and downhills. And sometimes things are going to be really hard. Some things are going to get harder in your life. Physical activities do get harder as we get older. And that's one thing I have to realize. It's a fact. Some things are going to be harder for me now than they were before. I just have to work a little harder and put a little bit more effort into things. And I will. And I have been. It's been a few days since this race, and I know that I just have to put in the work. There are a few more distractions in my life now that I'm a little older. I have a few more things in my life. But it doesn't matter. I know what's important to me, and I know what I have to do. So that is just what I have to put into into consideration. And I just have to move forward and realize that, yes... What is it worth to me? What is my running of value to me? So I have to put that before all the other distractions that get in my way. Say, no, no, I'm not going to be distracted by this nonsense. I'm not going to allow things that don't matter to me to get in the way, to take me off course. That probably is, is the hardest thing for me is to, I get distracted easily, so I cannot allow those things that don't matter to distract me. I also realized this weekend that my life is very different than most runners, especially ultra runners. As you listen to my show, I'm not the typical ultra runner who has the money and capability to travel to any race anywhere. A lot of these runners, they, they have the money. They can go to races worlds away at a moment's notice. All these runners, they go off to Switzerland to run, to, to just run for fun in the Alps every year. <laughs> or they travel here, or they travel there, or they travel wherever. I can't really do that. I don't even have a car. If I want to do a trail race, and, and the thing is that I don't have anyone that I can get a ride to, to a trail race, to an ultra race. If I want to do an ultra race, I have to plan way ahead. I have to ask for vacation time way ahead because I can't just get vacation time at a moment's notice. Our vacation time is scheduled months ahead. So I have to reserve a hotel, get the vacation time, rent a car, do all that. That costs a lot of money. So I have to make plans way, way ahead for this. And I can only do that a few times a year. Next year, I will have I have three at least three races I want to do, and I'll tell you about that in a future episode coming up at the end of the twenty twenty three. I'm going to talk about my year coming up. Races are limited to me, you know, and there are other things too as well. I would love to hire a coach, a running coach. But they're around $200 or more a month, and I just can't afford that right now. I'm still paying off my surgery from last March, and I do plan on moving out of the Bay Area in 2025. So money's a little tight. And I don't mention any of these things for you to feel sorry for me. I, I don't like people feeling sorry for me. But I say these things because it's reality. Many running podcasts don't mention real things. They want to be all nice and happy and fun and pretty all the time. But sometimes life is harsh. And 
we got to get to the reality of things. And that's reality. Sometimes re- reality ain't pretty. <laughs> it's like that blister on your foot. Reality is not the best looking thing at all times. But like we all do, I will take care of the things that need to get done. Like a long run where the wheels come off, but you still get it done. We'll get these things done, won't we? Yeah, we will. You know, we have big goals. I know you have big goals and I have big goals. And we'll get them taken care of. And we'll work our hardest. And that big hill in front of us, we'll climb it. We'll get it done. The other side, we'll be able to run down and have a good, long downhill run. And it's worth it, isn't it? Isn't all this hard work worth it? I think so. Okay, now, the weather is changing. As we know, it's probably already cold in your area, or maybe it's going to be cold. It's getting colder here. It doesn't really get that cold, but it is getting colder. And I thought I'd do a a quick little review over cold weather running. I did a whole episode on it when I first started, but it's been, geez, wow, it's almost five years since I did it. (laughs) It's been a while. If you live in an area where it gets really cold, here are some tips to help you out. Check the weather before you go, either the day before or that morning, and give yourself enough time to plan. You don't want to go out your first day of winter on your first run in sub-zero temperatures or blizzard conditions. In fact, it can be very rough to run in those conditions unless you're used to it due to low visibility and extreme cold. So look at the weather forecast and find a day with moderate temps and no oncoming storms as your first day out. I mean, if you're used to it, that's something. But does anybody get used to blizzards? I don't know. I'm not used to that kind of weather at all, so I wouldn't know. Make a plan. Know where you're going and how long you'll be out. Notify a family member or a friend where you're headed and when you expect to be back. In my opinion, you should do this for all your long runs anyway. Whether you're running a loop around your neighborhood or driving to your favorite trailhead, check conditions beforehand and adjust accordingly. If you're not up for running in ankle-deep snow, opt for a different location. If conditions are slick, wait until the sun has a chance to warm up the sidewalks and always equip yourself with the gear that's right for your run. Choose the time of day wisely. Winter brings fewer daylight hours, so if you're used to running at 6 a.m. in the summer months, remember that it's going to probably be dark at that time of day come December or January. Carry a headlamp or move your run back an hour or two, if possible. The same goes for evening. It gets dark earlier, so if you're running after work, please plan on bringing reflective gear and a headlamp for safety. Hold yourself accountable. It's easy to bail from a run when the weather isn't ideal. Unlike warm weather running, winter running requires a bit more thought when it comes to what to wear. Nothing ruins 
a winter run like overheating because you're wearing too much. So it's all about layering. You can always shed a layer, but you can't add a layer when you're miles from home. Now just remember though, when you start moving, you're going to get warm. If you're warm before you start, you're wearing too much. Just to go back to my race report. I saw people, now it was about 55 degrees when we started running, so it wasn't cold. That 55 is not cold. But I saw these people, these runners, dressed in these down, down coats and these dressing like it was 30 degrees below zero. Yeah, you're dressed too warm. Why, why are, for God's sakes, don't wear so much clothes. It was kind of comical at that point. Some people overdress and get too dramatic about the cold around here. It's like, yeah, you don't know cold. You don't know cold at all. <laughs> Warm base layer. Start with a technical base layer, most likely a long sleeve one, depending on the outside temperature. Wool makes for a good winter base layer fabric because it makes because it keeps you warm even if it gets wet. Polyester nylon blend top will wick moisture away from your skin and help you stay dry. Avoid cotton because when it gets wet with sweat, it won't dry quickly and it might make you shiver and that is not a good thing. Now pants, leggings are really, really good. Tighter clothing like leggings can help you avoid chafing. Avoid chafing at all costs. (laughs) Running jacket. A lightweight running shell on top of long sleeve is really good. You want something that will cut the wind, and that's a really, really good thing. And pockets are, of course, necessary. Pockets on everything is necessary. Avoid buying anything without pockets, in my opinion. Shoes. Okay, your same shoes are good. Uh, you want you might want to get yak tracks if there's ice. I was going to say avoid ice. Well, yak tracks will take care of that, right? Or anything similar to that. Socks. If you run with short ankle socks in the summer, you might try thicker, higher socks in the winter. And just cover those ankles up. And, of course, wool instead of cotton, obviously. I personally like darn tough brand socks, but find one that works for you. Now, you also might want to wear a warm wool beanie or headband and bring gloves with you. And you can always shed them if you get too warm. Gloves are the first thing I shed when my hands get warm, but it depends on how cold it is as well. Light and reflective gear if it's going to be dark out at night or in the morning. And a headlamp, of course, if it's obviously dark. Hydration, you may not feel thirsty if it's cold, but always bring hydration with you. I always do anyway. Depend, Even if it's a short run, I'll bring a handheld bottle. And remember, if you bring um, a hydration bladder with a tube, that could freeze. So a, a bottle is probably the best thing to bring. Now, if it's sunny out... I always wear a hat, but if it's sunny out and you're wearing a beanie, bring sunglasses because that winter sun can just wreak havoc in your eyes. Now, rainy 
weather running. This I'm a little bit more familiar with than the extreme cold. Don't run during thunderstorms. You want to stay indoors if there's thunder and lightning out. You do not want to get struck by lightning. <laughs> Rule one. <laughs> wear a hat with a brim. I always wear a hat anyway, but wear a hat with a brim can be your best friend during a rainy one. It'll keep the rain off your face, even in a downpour, so you can see. If it's cold and rainy, windy, you want to, um, uh, of course, wear your hat. And you can also, if you have your rain jacket, you can put that over your hat as well, and that'll protect your ears and your whole head. Dress in layers. Now, if it's very cold and rainy, you may need a couple layers. The most important layer is the one closest to your body. Make sure it's technical fabric, such as polypropylene or Coolmax, which can wick the water and sweat away from your skin. Your outer layer should be wind water resistant, such as like a rain, like a rain shell. Stay away from cotton. Obviously, always stay away from cotton because it absorbs water. Cotton is evil, 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 evil to runners. Don't overdress. Overdressing is one of the biggest mistakes runners make when they head out for any kind of run, rainy or not. You always see these joggers and they always have like the little sweater tied around their waist. Did you really need the sweater to begin with? No, leave it at home. Don't take the sweater with you. I mean, unless you're running with an umbrella over your head, you're going to get wet. So, yeah, no. Just don't overdress. Be visible. San Franciscan runners don't like to be visible, but be visible. Always be visible. Bright colors. Reflective strips. Print chafing. Chafing can happen during any run, but it's much, much worse when you're wet from the rain. Spread body glide or Vaseline over parts of your body that you think you might chafe in, and you'll be chafe in another area. I guarantee it. <laughs> so whatever, you're going to chafe. If you're going to chafe, you're going to chafe. It doesn't matter. Protect your electronics. This is what I do. I store my phone because it's an older phone and it really is not water resistant. Store it in a Ziploc bag. It's perfect. Works great. And watches, don't worry about it. I don't worry about my watch. It's fine in the rain. Consider getting a wireless charger at home in case your phone gets wet. They aren't expensive. It's like 25, 30 bucks. And it's nice to have in the rainy season if your phone gets wet and you're not going to be able to charge it with your regular charger, but you want to charge it, you can do it with the wireless. It's perfect. You know, change out of your wet clothes as soon as you get home. Here's the big thing. If it's raining all day and raining a lot, just accept the fact that you're going to get wet, that everything you own is going to get wet. And it, it doesn't matter. It's like my race last year on New Year's Eve. You just accept the fact that it's just going to happen. And it's not a bad thing. It just happens. Oh, it's going to be uncomfortable. It might be a little cold, but you won't melt. You won't die. You won't melt. You'll be okay. And it's only for a few hours. And hey, afterwards, you'll have 
great stories that you and your running friends can tell. So it's, it's all good. It's part of the running experience. And that is how to take care of yourself in winter weather. All right. So we, you and I have learned mighty valuable lessons. I've learned that I'm not the same person I was before my surgeries. I'm different. My body is different. I'm older and I have to do more things to be race ready. And yeah, it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. So I have to deal with that and move on. And I am moving on. I have a race to prepare for for this coming February. And I will prepare for it and I will get ready. And I've got some time to do it. So yeah, now's the time. All right. So that is this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I will have some links on the website, MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. You can also become a subscriber to the podcast. You can do that for $2 a month and get extra episodes. So check out the link provided. And if you want to email me, it's MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And thank you so much. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for run.